0: Good afternoon. It is afternoon. Yes, indeed. Thank you for your prayers. Last Sunday I was in Elmira, which is uh, contiguous with Vacaville, and uh, had, was at a service in the afternoon. We attended church there in the morning, but uh, the Elmira Baptist Church has an annual Thanksgiving banquet and they opened it up to the neighbors and friends. And so they must have had about 175 at the banquet and about 25% of them were from other, uh, other places. Uh, unsaved people and other church people, but they, they came, the neighbors came. And uh, so the Lord was Good. And I got to bring a message after their stomachs were all stuffed full of, of a very huge Thanksgiving feast that they had just had. And, but the dear Lord was present, and it was a time of blessing. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your prayers. It's, it's wonderful to, to know the gospel. I, I, I talked to them about the American dream and an empty life. I talked to them about Solomon in the book of Ecclesiastes. Richest man, basically, who ever lived. Wisest man who ever lived. Most accomplished man who ever lived. Had more property and things going on. Had more wives and porcupines <laughs> than, than, than any other living being. And, and, and this man said, everything is emptiness. Wow. Now, How in the world can a man who has everything say that? It's because if you don't have God, you have nothing. And any time, it doesn't matter what you have, any time you take divine purpose out of your life, it's empty. Only God can fill your life. Business can't do it. Money can't do it. Pleasure can't do it. Nothing can fill your life. Only God can do that. And in Jesus Christ, all the fullness of the Godhead resides in bodily form, Paul tells us. And in him we are filled up to all fullness and completeness. And so knowing Christ is an absolutely marvelous thing, and it ties in with where we're going today. We're talking about having a special relationship with Jesus Christ. It's called being in Christ. It's those two words that appear uh, numerous times through your New Testament. So we're talking about union with Christ Let me give you the definition, then we'll go to your notes. Union with Christ is that intimate, vital, and spiritual union, which means a joining together between Jesus Christ and the believing child of God. It is that union, that relationship by which the Lord Jesus personally becomes the source of our life and strength of our salvation and blessedness. Without Christ, we have nothing. He's the source of every benefit and blessing we we need, and so our relationship with Him. Oh, wait a minute! You heard the sermon this morning. Our relationship with Him is everything when it comes to the blessedness of life. It's everything. It's where all the blessings of life come. It, every 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 dynamic of life takes on meaning. Only through Jesus Christ. And without him, it has no meaning. No benefit. It doesn't last. Everything that's done without him, you leave behind. And everything where it's done in his power and to his glory, you take with you. Right? So how much are you leaving behind? I hope nothing. Take it all with you. You, you, you don't look at your week's work ahead of you as something you can take into glory. Listen, if you do it for the glory of God, you'll take it on with you. You'll lose nothing that's done for the glory of God in your life. Right? Correct. See? So life is worth living if it's done in a proper relationship to God through his son, Jesus Christ. So being in Christ is vital. It's very, very important. I want to refer to notes that you don't have with you there, but previously we said that there are two dynamic events that occur the very moment we receive the Lord Jesus as our Savior. Now, do you remember that? When was that in your life? you remember when that was? Okay. The very moment we receive Jesus Christ as our Savior, the very moment, the two things that happen. Number one, Jesus Christ comes to live in me. To dwell literally in my physical body. He is living in me. He is always with me. Everywhere I go, he goes. Okay? He's always present with me. He's living in me. I receive Christ, and he's living in me, as we said, in the person of the Holy Spirit. Okay? That's the way, doctrinally, correctly to say it. And... Secondly secondly I have a new life a new union with Jesus Christ the holy spirit baptizes me into Jesus Christ he is in me and I am put into him it's a twofold relationship not only is he living in me but I now have a life in him don't ask me to explain that i know it's true And we're going to talk about the benefits of it. What what happens as a result of that relationship, that special relationship of being in Christ. So your notes begin, I think, on page five. Am I right about that? Did I guess right about that? Your notes begin on page five. And we're going to go down to the bottom of the page. And we're going to take a list. We're going to take a look of benefits and blessings. Um. We have a treasure in Christ that we, we, we don't grasp. I have quoted to you the verse out of 1 Corinthians 2. Eye has not seen. Nobody has visualized this. Ear is not heard. It, it hasn't entered into the heart of man. In our wildest imaginations, we have, we have never gotten a hold of the things that God has prepared for us in his salvation in Christ. God reveals them to us by His Holy Spirit. And I pray that the Holy Spirit of God will open our eyes today to see how blessed we are to have such a Savior. Being saved is a lot more than, than avoiding hell. A lot of people think, well, I'm going to heaven or hell when I die. Well, that is true. As long as God lives, you and I are going to live forever somewhere. Is that true? We will. Okay, But what about this life? What about the life we're living today? How do I, where do I get my joy? Do I have joy? Where do I get my peace? Where do I get my strength? Where do I get the help and assistance that I need? How, how I mean, I'm, I'm a needy person. I'm going out in a world that's hostile to God and Jesus Christ. And how am I going to survive that, that, that world? How am I going to do that? Now, if I go alone, I'll never make it. There isn't any way by making by willpower or won't power that I can get to this coming week. Can't do it. That's not possible. So let's take a look at Roman numeral number four at toward the bottom of page five. Without exception. Now what does that mean without exception? All right, simply means there's no exception. <laughs> Is that true? everyone now who is everyone 90% 95% 99 no 100% everyone who has Christ living in them is described specifically as being in Christ which is synonymous the same thing as being saved both of them refer to the same thing notice in Romans 16 salute Androniacus and Junia, my kinsmen, my fellow prisoners who are of a note among the apostles who also were in Christ before me. They got saved before I did. To be in Christ is to be saved. It's the same thing. It's synonymous. They were in Christ before me. They got saved. Does that make sense? If you're, if you're saved, you're in Christ. And if you're in Christ, you've been saved, or you're not in Christ. The, the, the two are synonymous, 2 Corinthians 5. Uh, this is a precious verse and very, very powerful and significant. It's a profound verse. If, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, take the second translation here, he is a new creature, a new creation, a new created being. There's a supernatural infusion of life that has come into him that he didn't have or she didn't have before. If anyone is in Christ, if anybody has been saved, they are a new creation. It's, It's the supernatural act of God infusing into us the life of Jesus Christ, which we never had before. Does that make sense? This is what happens. If any man is in Christ, he is a new creation, the old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. And I'm looking here, new things have become. <laughs> new things are taking place in my life. Old things are passed away. New things have come into my life. Or, uh, really? Let me see that. Yeah, no, yeah, new things have come into my life. Okay. Now, let's take a look at some blessings we've got. Now, may I say this? Your perspective on your life and the situations in your life and the relationships of your life is enormously important. How you perceive yourself, how you perceive your problems how you perceive the people in your life will determine your relationship with all of these things in life. And if you have no joy, then your perception as a believer is way off. Paul said, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Now, (laughs) you want to test We're more than conquerors through Him that loved us. How many of you now no, don't don't no hands on this, because I know where I'm going with this. How many of you feel like you're a conqueror? Most of us feel like we're conquered. <laughs> okay. We're more than conquerors. Paul Paul had a perspective. Uh, we were discussing current events downstairs, and I said, "Well, you know, when I got up this morning, God thought He was still God." <laughs> well, God is God. And if God is really God now, that changes the perspective of everything. Not some things, everything. Yes or no? It's perspective. It's perspective. Is it true, whether I believe it or not, whether I worry or not, whether I blow it or not, is it true that God is really God? That's always true. Always true. And when I make a mess of things, is God really God? Huh? Sure, God is really God. How much of the time? I like this. I love that name, I am that I am. God is everything that he is all of the time at the same time. That's amazing. God is everything he is all of the time in everything. So, we have blessings of salvation and and if we can, if the Spirit of God will simply Open our hearts and minds today and and write these things on our heart and mind. Would you ask God to write his word on your heart and mind this afternoon? Ask him to do that. Ask him to write this on your heart and mind so that it'll never leave you. These are treasure truths about our relationship with God. God didn't just set us up and turn us loose in a wicked world to fend on our own and to survive. He did not do that. He gave great provision. Now let's take a look under Roman numeral 5, top of page 6, and, and just read through on the scriptures, if you will, as we go. The blessings of salvation that result from being in Christ. These are the blessings that every believing child of God has. Alright? 1 Corinthians 1, 2. Under the uh, take the second, we'll take the second translation on all of these to the church of God, which is at Corinth, to those who have been sanctified, which means set apart completely to divine purpose in Christ Jesus. Saints, holy ones, by calling, who, with all, who in every place, call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. Here, in Christ, when we are saved, we're placed in Christ, God takes our life personally, and he takes us out of the kingdom of darkness, and he sets our lives completely apart for his own divine purpose. Now, I don't know if you caught that word purpose or not, because most people don't have any purpose in what they do this week in life. Everything in life has divine purpose. And God has set me apart to accomplish divine purpose in every situation in which I find myself, in every relationship in which I find myself. I'm set apart for divine purpose. And that is the word sanctified. Sanctified doesn't mean you have a halo on your head and you're wearing burlap and that's not what sanctified means. It means that God has personally taken your life. He's claimed it for his own so that you can be a part of his kingdom and you can live for his glory. Now that's something. That's something. You say, I don't I don't feel like my life is worth anything. Oh, don't go there. I don't care what God's called you to do. Everything a believer can legitimately do can be done to the glory of God and for divine purpose. Yes or no? Everything. All of life is sacred to the believer. So let's go to Romans 8 1. Here's another benefit and blessing. There is therefore now no what? Condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. No condemnation. No judgment. And no no condemning judgment is how we would say that in the vernacular of the day. No condemning judgment to those who are in Christ Jesus. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. Sin and death can no longer control your life as a believer because you have a resurrected life in you in Christ Jesus. No condemnation no condemnation i this this amazes me when we stand before god we are totally acquitted through the work of the cross and we've been there before let's go to second corinthians 5 the next one he made him let's put the pronoun the nouns in there god made christ who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf in our place that we might become what the righteousness of god in Him. He became for us what He was not in order that we might become in Him what we are not. We receive all of the required righteousness that we need in our standing before God, whether it's in prayer. Did you get that? Prayer, whether it's in service or when we stand at the judgment bar of God. The righteousness of God is the righteousness of God enough? Whose righteousness is it? How perfect is it? How sufficient is it? Ask yourself those questions, that we might become literally the righteousness of God in him. Forget this stuff of trying to be good and do good and help old ladies across the street and, 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 and do all the religious stuff that we do and put stars, gold stars, on our chart of, of Christian life. Forget that stuff. We have a righteousness that goes so far beyond that. Forget that. Don't play that game. Walk with God, and the Spirit of God will sanctify your life day by day and use you in divine purpose. It's your walk with God that's going to carry you through, not your, not your desire to do religious works. Won't help. Won't help. Philippians 3.9, let's go on. Paul said, he's praying here, that I might be found in him not having my own righteousness, which is of the law. Derived from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. And what is that righteousness? It's the righteousness which comes from whom? From God on the basis of faith. That's where you get it. Listen, when you go to pray, God doesn't hear you because you had a good day. God doesn't answer your prayers because you had a perfect day, because you didn't blow it and you didn't make any mistakes or any missteps. God hears you because you have a righteousness in his son that qualifies you to be where you are at the throne of grace. That's why you belong there. And that's the basis on which you come there. That's why you come in the name of the Lord Jesus. That's just not a religious thing tagged on to the end of your prayer. You come through his precious blood. You come through the work of the cross. And there isn't anything you need that isn't That isn't present in the person of Christ to make that possible and to make that a living reality. Philippians 3 9, I might be found in him having the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith. Ephesians 1 3. Here we have the word blessed, praised, worthy of praise, be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And what does it say? He's blessed us. The New American Standard says with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, in Christ. Wow. Wow. Spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Now, let's, let's look at the, that in the light of the next verse, Ephesians 2.5. Even when we were dead in sins, even when we were dead in our transgressions, he made us alive together with Christ. This is our salvation. This is our new birth. This is our second life we get from from receiving Christ. He made us alive together with Christ. By grace you've been saved. And he raised us up with him and he seated us with him in the heavenly places. Where? Who's us? Those who are in Christ. He's quickened us together. He's done all of this together. He's done all of this for us when we receive Christ. quickened us, made us alive together, raised us up together, gave us a new life together, made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And before we ever get to heaven, today, we are positioned already in glory. We are seated in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Wow. I don't understand all the implications of that. Think that one through. Think that one through. I've not just got a fire escape. The love of God has provided a salvation for me that encompasses every need that I could possibly have. How much does God love me? How much does God want me with himself? We go to funerals, and Jesus said, Father, I desire that those that you've given to me may be with me where I am. I want them with me. That they may behold my glory. Now, what kind of a God would ever think about doing something like that? This is amazing stuff. It's incomprehensible stuff. But it sure is wonderful. Sure is wonderful. Wonderful. So we go on to page number seven. Here's another thing. We are his workmanship. That's the result, the product of what he has done or made. We're, we're, we're the end product. Any of you who ever worked in a carpenter shop or a pottery shop? Maybe, oh, I see somebody that does a lot of sewing. I call them Mrs. So-and-so like sewing machines but 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 we're and 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 people i I think some of you ladies like to sew quilts and and then when you get done you've got these beautiful pieces of art that you've made with with cloth and a sewing machine and, and and that's the end product and 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 paul says we are god's workmanship we're the end product of the work of his hands in our salvation, where they result, the product of what he has done, created. There's that word of supernatural creation, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that, so that we would walk in them. So good works are not something we do in order to obtain favor with God. Good works are what we do because we're recreated in Christ Jesus to do them. It's naturally in the heart of a believer to want to do good things. Is that true? If you're saved, it is. God changes you and changes your heart and changes your life from the inside out. Verse, the next, um, Ephesians 2.13. Now in Christ Jesus... You who sometimes were far off, formerly were far off, you've been made nigh, you've been brought near by the blood of Christ. God has drawn you to himself. He loves you. He wants to hear from you. He wants to walk with you. You say, God wants to walk. Yeah, I don't understand that anymore than you do. How can God desire my personal fellowship? Well, why in the world in the councils of eternity was I conceived in the heart and mind of God if I would have no significance to that God that created me. So walking with God is something that God really enjoys. God enjoys, yeah, God enjoys my prayers. He loves it when you look up and say, help, Lord, I need you right now. He smiles and says, okay. It's wonderful to walk with God. It's a part of God's plan. It's a blessing of salvation in Christ. Notice in 3, 6, Ephesians 3.6, to be specific, the Gentiles are fellow heirs, fellow members of the body, fellow partakers of the promises in Christ Jesus through the gospel. And what is that promise? Boy, well, we've got a mess in the Far East today, don't we, with the war going on in Gaza? What a mess. But you know, the promise is that that land belongs to Abraham And it belongs to his posterity. And it's going to. God says, I will fulfill my promise. I will not forget my covenant. And there'll come a time when God steps in. When God steps in, our Lord Jesus returns. Why in the world did did, did John the Apostle at the end of Revelation say, even so, come quickly. Come on, Jesus, don't wait so long. Come now. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Why did he say that? because he knew that was the only answer to solve all of this mess we're going to live in historically until he gets back. That's the only solution for all of this. But we are fellow heirs with Abraham of the promises which means ultimately we'll be participants in the the eternal kingdom of God. Depending on where you're theologically are theologically we may be around in the millennium. So so we're not losers. But all of this is predicated on the fact that we have this personal relationship with Jesus Christ. He is in us and we are in Him. We're related together in this thing on a one on one personal basis. You go to 2 Timothy 2. For this reason I endure all things for the sake of those who are chosen so that they may obtain. Now, the word obtain means to hit the mark. I may obtain the salvation which is in Jesus Christ and with it eternal glory. This is amazing. This Is related to that word miss the mark, and it's the opposite of it. I obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus. So just absolutely amazing, and with it eternal glory. Eternal glory. Now, let's move along quickly. Roman numeral number six. We have all, we have everything that we need for growth and Christian living and Christian service in Christ. Hear me, there is no way apart from the work of the Holy Spirit of God ministering the life of the indwelling Christ day by day and hour by hour and moment by moment, no way without that that we will ever live the Christian life. You cannot live the Christian life. He is our life. And it's as we Give him his place in our life that he needs to have. The more Jesus Christ has his way in our lives, the more we will live the Christian life. The more we absorb of his word, the more automatically we will live the Christian life. Our attitudes change. The more strength we get. It all comes from the ministry of the Holy Spirit and the indwelling Christ. It's all there. Notice in 1 Corinthians 1. Oh, by the way, let's let's read that through again. Roman numeral 6. We have all that we need for growth in Christian living and Christian service in Christ. He is our. What's the next word? Infinite. Next. Divine resource for life and service. I cannot, there is no there is no amount of religious works, there's no amount of willpower, there is no more, there's no amount of anything that, that is based in my person apart from the indwelling Spirit of God, the Lord Jesus, living in me, there's nothing that can can do this. Nothing. Nothing. Notice 1 Corinthians 1 130, the second translation, but by His doing, by God's doing. That's by what God does. That's by God's work in your heart and in your mind and in your life. You are in Christ Jesus who became to us, what? Wisdom? From whom? From God. I want to tell you, I've been in ministry now for 62 years, pastoral ministry. And I want to tell you, this week I've had to cry out to God for wisdom. 62 years of experience? No, no, it won't cut it. won't cut it. I've been in situations this week, and there wasn't any way I had an answer for, for the need. It wasn't there. I cried out for God for wisdom. Wisdom from God. And there isn't any way I can substitute my own good works and my own good behavior for because the next thing is righteousness. And the next thing is my life being set apart to divine, to divine purpose. Apart from your relationship with Jesus Christ, none of these things exist in your life. And they can't exist in your life. You can't work them up. You can't learn them in the catechism or the doctrinal statements. They're all in the person of Jesus Christ. And redemption repurchase. Why do we preach Jesus Christ as a church? Why do we call it the gospel good news of Jesus Christ? There's a reason for that. There's a reason, is there not? Because in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead in bodily form. And you are filled up to all fullness and completeness in him. Who is the head of all principality and power? Notice Romans 16:10. Salute Apelles, greet Apelles, the approved in Christ. That means the one who passes the test. Dacamadso, the one who has passed the test. He has been through testing. And because of his relationship with Christ, he's passed the test, and he's come out. Can we say smelling like a rose? Why? Because Apelles was a strong man? No, because he was in Christ. He was. He had his victory in Jesus Christ. Second Corinthians two, second translation: We are not like many peddling the word of God, but as from sincerity. Not, I'm sorry we are not like many peddling the word of God, but as from sincerity, that's genuineness, but as from God, we speak in Christ in the sight of God. Ministry, all effective ministry is tied to a relationship with Jesus Christ. The Spirit of God ministering through us the life of Jesus Christ to those that are around us. That's what we call genuine ministry. Colossians 128. And I think we go on. You have have page 8? You have page 8? Go to the top of page 8. We proclaim Christ. We proclaim him, admonishing everyone, teaching every man with all wisdom so that we may present every man complete in Christ. That means complete in all the parts. How many of you have a lot of different needs in your life? You've got emotional needs, you've got physical needs, you've got financial needs. Is that correct? There are all different kinds of needs that we have. But he says the whole life of the individual is completed in Jesus Christ. That's amazing. And without him, it's not. Without him, it is not. Colossians two nine, and we just we were just there. I just quoted that. For in Christ all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form, and in Him you've been full, filled up to all fullness. You've been made complete. He is the head over all rule and authority. Now, Second Timothy two. Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. How do you obtain divine favor? You don't do it apart from your relationship with Jesus Christ. Not possible. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4, 13. And I love this one. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. New American Standard says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me literally the one who pours into me his power or his strength. That's how I make it. There is no way apart from that that I can make it. Now, I'm tempted to go on, but I don't think I should because I'll get stuck in the middle of the next section. So, Take a look at Roman numeral 7 here. Abiding in Christ, abiding in Him is the key to life and service. And the special note there, abiding in Him, is the same as walking in the Spirit or having fellowship with Him. Okay? And we'll talk about that. So these things that we've talked about in Christ that are ours because of Him. How do we have this relationship with him that, that enables these things to become the perspective of our life? See, how do we get that perspective? How does this become a living reality to us? Well, there's a practical way in which it happens. And so we need to go there. But I think that I need to uh, not go there today uh, because I think I need to spend a little time in this. Is that Okay. Is that okay? And so, may the Lord encourage our hearts. Now, before we go, you're absolutely sure you've been saved. You're absolutely sure you've received Christ. You're absolutely sure that you're trusting Christ and Christ alone and not any works or, or, or religious observances or the church or... Uh, baptism or whatever you're, you're, you're trusting in Christ alone him and him alone because all of these things are in him and if these things are all missing in your life then I would suggest to you that probably Jesus Christ is missing in your life and you need to receive him by faith You need just to cry out to God and say, God, I need to be saved today. I'm in trouble with you. I can't face the judgment. I don't have the righteousness I need. I have nothing I need. I need Jesus Christ, Lord Jesus. You died for my sins. You rose again. You're living. Come, Lord Jesus, today into my life. Live in me. Be my personal Savior and Lord. I welcome and receive you today as my Savior. Come, Lord Jesus, save me now. Now, if you're not sure, do that right now. Take care of that. Get that thing resolved and settled, and let there be no doubt about it, because he is the only source of these things. And anybody that has spiritual desire wants these things. What a wonderful Savior. There's a hymn about that Christ has for sin atonement made. What a wonderful Savior. We are redeemed the price is paid what a wonderful savior is Jesus my Jesus is Jesus my lord we're going to sing a closing hymn and it's it, it is i think one of the more important doctrinal hymns in our hymn book it's hymn number 383, 383, hymn number 383. My hope, my expectation, my desire, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock I stand All other ground is sinking sand. And you'll notice as you go through this hymn, the important truths. His oath, his covenant, his blood support me in the whelming flood. When all around my soul gives way, he then is all my hope and stay. Dressed in his righteousness alone. Faultless to stand before the throne these are grand truths. Hallelujah! Praise the Lord. Faultless. Righteous. In him I have everything I need. There's another song, and I think it's in our hymn book, Christ is all I need. Is that in here? Yeah, he's all I need. And so I hope that I hope he's the foundation for your life. Don't hope in politics. Don't hope in the last United Nations meeting. It's going nowhere. Don't hope in any ceasefires. They won't last. Hope in the coming of the Lord. Even so, come, Lord Jesus.